The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Hi, I'm Suzanne Phillips. Thanks for joining me today. This week, we celebrated Veterans Day, and we're going to start by recognizing all of the men and women of every age who have served with honor and courage, enduring physical and emotional scars as veterans, many of them giving their lives. So to them and to their families, we want to thank you for your service. Today, we're going to be looking closely at something an injury that many have suffered but has really gone unrecognized. We're going to look closely at moral injury. And we're going to be speaking with Tom Bose. He's one of the veterans featured in the award-winning documentary, Almost Sunrise, which follows Tom Bose and Anthony Anderson, both of whom came back and were tormented by memories, depression, anger, for many years after they returned home, pushed very close to the edge of suicide. The two decided to embark on an extraordinary journey, a 2,700-mile walk from Wisconsin to California. And it's during that walk that they reflect on the experiences they faced at war, different ways of healing, and ultimately, you're going to hear how they found ways of healing and they found themselves which meant they were able to find a way back home. Tom Bowes served on active duty in the U.S. Army for three years, from 2003 to 2006. He served with the 3rd Battalion, 21st Infantry Regiment, an element of the 1st Brigade, 25th Infantry Division, one of the Army's first striker infantry brigades. He served as an infantry scout in the battalion Scout Sniper Platoon. In October of 2004, after 20 months of training with this unit, Tom was deployed to Moselle, Iraq, to support Operation Iraqi Freedom. It was not until 2013 that Tom teamed up with Anthony Anderson to plan and execute their veteran trek, the 2,700 miles from Wisconsin to California. Tom has continued working to empower veterans to overcome moral injury. And as such, he's been discussed in the New York Times, Newsweek, National Geographic, Men's Health, USA Today, and many more. Tom Bose, it is my privilege to welcome you to Psych Up Live. Thank you so much for having me. Tom, let's start out by defining moral injury for our listeners. How would you define it? Sure. Well, the way that I look at moral injury is really um, when you witness or participate in something that goes against your own uh, moral structure or moral belief system. So how this kind of manifested for me in war is, um, you know, there are multiple ways that it did. But um, just to kind of give you an example, um, you know, I had a situation where we were helping some uh, injured civilians and we had one of our um, leadership come up to us and ask us, you know, kind of, uh, are, you, are you done here? Are you done providing aid when we clearly weren't um, done providing aid to help this person who is injured? So for me, there's a moral conflict there because, you know, my, my command or the people who are in charge of me were telling me that we needed to move on and we needed to get out of where we were, and we haven't rendered enough aid yet. So for me, there's a moral conflict in that. So that's just an example I think we can give right off the bat show that, you know, when you're in a wartime situation, you're faced with a lot of these moral dilemmas. Yes. And then when you come home in the at-home peaceful context, 
what was acceptable or demanded in war or the order you had to follow becomes something that's very hard to tolerate, even considering. Correct, yeah. I wanted to ask you, people often say, Tom, that one of the other causes of uh, moral injury is the very important military code, which really everyone adheres to, which is you're there to protect the men under you and the buddies and combat vets next to you. And very often people talk about the pain and in the moral injury of not having done that if someone next to them has been hurt or has been killed. Have you seen that as a reason to suffer from a sense of losing one's good self or one's belief in oneself? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've experienced that personally. And I think, uh, just to give another example, a real-time example, um, while I was deployed, my platoon sergeant was killed in action. And on that particular day, I was given the day off. So there's a lot of guilt and shame and grief and uh, all these different emotions uh, associated with it because I wasn't there to contribute and I wasn't there to help and I wasn't there to support. So for, for years and years and years, I've, I went over different, um, you know, how, how would things be different if I was out there? Why, why did he die and why did I live? And, you know, you have all these questions that uh, you just keep going over your head over and over and over again for years trying to justify and trying to figure out and trying to really... Um, see how things could have been different uh, in those types of situations. Uh, it's so important what you're saying because people will say that they they start to just live in the rumination and as they're living in the mm-hmm. rumination of what they could have or what they should have, they're moving farther and farther away from not only their good self but their ability to connect with family or even mm-hmm. the world around them, so that, you know, some people say, how can you go home if you're morally disconnected from yourself? It's a very hard thing. You know, you, you get off the plane, you go home, but you're really not home. Right, right, exactly. And it takes you out of the, the present moment. So um, relationships suffer, like you said, family, family relationships and all these different things when you're, you know, stuck in something that has happened uh, years ago and it's not allowing you to, Um, be present and, you know, live the life that you're supposed to be living. Mm. Now, what was it, people people say that one of the things that moral injury kind of pushes um, our veterans to actually want to punish themselves, to think they're not, they've lost their good self. I think one at one point in the a documentary, a wife says, and she's crying when she says it, uh, my husband called me and said, how are you going to feel about me? Or will you love me if I have to kill someone? So she's, mm-hmm. it's so poignant as what you're sharing that, where do, we, where do we go with this when we come home? So the question becomes, how does one heal? What makes right. healing even possible? When, when the veterans that you're dealing with now say to you, how the heck do you heal? What do you say? Well, I mean, I think, I think first you really have to kind of look at healing as um, as a journey versus a destination. Um, so any any veteran listening to this, or uh, you know any family members listening to this, it's not I never have the mentality that one day I'm going to be healed or one day I'm going to be 100 percent better and X Y and Z that goes along with that. It's really um, a, a process, and I really think it's a lifelong process of of how you can take these things, these traumatic events that have happened to you, and how can you repurpose them to help other people, and how can you repurpose them to become a better person and to uh, reinforce your moral, um, I guess you could call it scaffolding, and, and how can you turn that into a positive to help other people. And that's kind of a continuous process for me, and I haven't really um, seen an end in sight, but every time I'm able to reach out and connect with other veterans, it helps me heal myself, to be able to uh, bring understanding and, um, you know, empathy to what men and women and their families are going through on on a daily basis. Uh, It makes so much sense because when you think that moral injury leaves you thinking you no longer have a good self and you no longer can do good things in life, the whole idea of recognizing the mission to help and to 
invite other people to pass it forward becomes a powerful moral healing. It's interesting that you said, and I love that you said the healing's a journey, because that it's the metaphor of your documentary is all of a sudden you guys are packing up with backpacks and deciding mm-hmm. to take this journey. What exactly was the tipping point, Tom, that made you say, okay, that's it, I'm going? Yeah, I mean, it really came down to the fact that I was contemplating suicide. So I felt that uh, before I, I, you know, went ahead with that plan, I needed to exhaust all help and resources, and I had to give it an actual shot at healing. Um, because I'm like, okay, like if this is, you know, suicide is the option that I'm thinking of, I have to give it a a shot. Like I have to see, I have to exhaust all my, you know, choices to really Mm -hmm. try to heal myself and, uh, kind of take responsibility for that. And, um, that's where the walk came from. And Mm -hmm. it really came from the, the idea that I never really took the time or really had the time, I think, to really decompress and go over what I actually experienced. Cause I think a lot of veterans, they come home and then like me, I had to get my own apartment. I had an enlisting school. All my friends were graduating. I had to catch up. I had to um, get a full-time job. I had to do all these things to kind of fit back into the mold when I really didn't take the time to take a step back and just, you know, process what I participated in, you know, just from a, a high level um, standpoint. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I, the first time I saw this documentary, I thought, oh, my goodness, they are doing exactly what Jonathan Shea has written about in Odessus in America and Achilles in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And and um, Tick has written about in War in the Soul, the belief that to come out of battle, you must take a journey of cleansing and finding yourself. You just can't come home. Um, and I thought, how yeah. about that? They're really actually doing it. Um, and so right. the other thing is, were you a big hiker or a walker before this? Um, hiking, yes. I So, so I've, I've always kind of grown up with an appreciation for nature, and that was kind of instilled in me by my parents. So I, I feel really thankful and grateful um, that I had that in me. Walking, not so much. I mean, military, you know, you're walking and running a lot, but... Um, you know, it was just, uh, it felt like a good, a good combination. And it was kind of the idea that walking is, um, slow and it's, you're taking your time and, um, you know, you'll get to where you're going eventually, but you have a lot of time to yourself. So that was the whole idea behind walking out to California. Well, the power of just regulating hyperarousal by being in nature, by doing something mm-hmm. that's aerobic and you also chose to do this together. Do you think was it very important to both of you that you had each other, Tom? I think I think the longer uh, we were together, the more we realized how important it was to have peer support um, throughout that process. Because I don't know if I would have been even able to finish it if I was by myself, really. Because there are some days where I just wanted to give up, and you know our feet were. Uh, bruised and tired and mm. blistered and, um, you know, but we, we had each other to support each other through those difficult days. And, um, that is something I'm really grateful for. Mm. Uh, it, it made me think that it was such a wise decision too. Also you from the beginning had given it a very positive valence when you said this is for other veterans and mm-hmm. it was, it was clear and just what you said before, it wasn't that you took three steps and you were healed. You guys were walking for a long time and had a chance to go back. Did you think a lot about the memories? Was it a chance to reconsider and remember in a different kind of way? Yeah, I mean, it was really, I mean, when you have that intention of, of healing and when you say, you know, okay, I'm going to do what I can do in my power to heal myself and you take that responsibility, I think it really kind of changes the whole dynamic of what you're trying to do. So um, before I had this mentality of, uh, okay, the VA is not doing enough. Okay, my, my state isn't doing enough for veterans or, and, and these, 
all might be true, but at the same time, I wasn't taking responsibility for my own healing. And in doing that and in organizing the walk and really having that intention um, to move in that direction, I think completely changed um, what I was setting out to do. Mm. It's so impressive to see you guys going and also to see, I think at one point, Anthony Anthony literally says at one point, I'm still angry. I, I, I'm, I'm so mm-hmm. angry. And people along the way sort of weigh in on this, which is, um, which is really interesting in terms of they had a sense about it. I, I wondered what you guys thought with the, I think it's, maybe he's a cop along the way. Um, who mm-hmm. says, mm-hmm. you know, you, he says something like, there's a door you have to open, Anthony, and you yeah. just aren't there there. So I wondered, what did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, anger was, was an emotion that was readily available for me, and I think a lot of veterans too, because I think in a combat zone, that's really the only thing that's serving you. Um, right. in that moment, just to be able to tap into anger, to be able to do your job well. And when you get back, there's a whole host of other emotions that you need to communicate with people and be in uh, communities and participate in all those different things. Um, so it's, it's interesting to hear, you know, that perspective of um, to be able to take a step back and look at why you're angry or what I really like to talk about now is, you know, what is the root cause of what's going on with you? Why are you feeling depressed? Why are you feeling angry? Where are these things, what are they attached to versus um, paying attention to just the symptoms of, of whatever it is you're going through? As soon as you move into that curious place that you just said, when you said, why am I angry? Why am I feeling that mm-hmm. way? You step out of self-judgment and the kind of self-criticism mm-hmm. that fuels the moral injury. So that's such a great place. I mean, it, it's like yeah. a space yeah. A space gets opened, Tom, for you to be able to really be compassionate and curious rather than um, self-loathing and judgmental. Yeah, and, and those things, those, those, those qualities of, of being, you know, ju- judging yourself and being hard on yourself is, is something that's kind of inherent in the military, too. So it's really kind of having to drop those things and um, kind of redefine uh, yourself in, in, a, in a different way. It's a different way of thinking from um, the way we were trained, for it, sure. It's- it's terrific. We're going to have to take a break. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're here speaking with Tom Bose, one of the veterans featured in the award-winning documentary Almost Sunrise, which deals with healing the moral injuries of war. We're going to continue to speak about this. I wanted to pass this message on for any of our veterans or anyone listening. If you're a veteran in crisis or you know a veteran in crisis, please call the Veterans Hotline 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Stay with us. We have much more. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests or people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Do you think about what you really want? Are you looking to change or perfect your environment, your value, your life? We can help. Tune in to Everyday News with the Blantons. Hosted by husband and wife team Mark and Dr. Latasha Blanton, our program will help you find the answers to make the changes in your life with inspiring guests that can help you find your sense of place in the world and how you view it. Listen live every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Tom Bost. He's one of the veterans featured in the award-winning documentary Almost Sunrise, which deals with healing the moral injuries of war. Tom, I, what you're sharing is so important. Let me ask you, let's let's talk about some more about what actually happened on the trip, notwithstanding you guys had blisters on your feet. I think at mm-hmm. times you you were sleeping out, out you were sleeping out of doors a lot, right? In the sleeping bags as you made this trek? Yeah, we did that quite often. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, you were definitely uh, immersed in nature. But along the way, it was so moving. Um, you had Boy Scouts holding little flags. You had towns of mm-hmm. seven people coming out. How did that contribute to the healing? I think it, I think it really contributed a lot more than we had first realized it. And I think a lot of uh, uh, veterans come back with trust issues because I think Anthony speaks on this very well in in the documentary, Um, you don't really have the luxury of trusting people when you're in a combat zone. So it's Mm -hmm. like the people to the left and right of you uh, that you served with, you can trust them, but everyone else, you know, you don't have that uh, luxury. So I think a lot of veterans come back with that ingrained in them, and I think by default, civilians kind of fall into that category of people, people, you know, that can't be trusted because they haven't experienced what we've experienced and they don't know um, the sacrifice and everything like that that um, veterans go through. So it's like a double-edged sword because, like, civilians don't know unless veterans are able to speak and share their experience. Mm. So for us, walking across the country, I mean, I think we only had to camp out maybe 15 or 20 times in five months Mm. because people were so gracious and opened up their homes to you know, Anthony and I, who are, you know, giant bearded guys who they have no idea yes. who we are, but they, okay. they offered us, uh, so much. Um, uh, they fed us, they let us stay in their homes. They let us do our laundry, you know, all these, all these things that helped us, um, move down, move down the path, I guess you could say in a, uh, literal and figurative <laughs> way. And, um, this, this really helped us because I mean, if we didn't have that, you know, five months of camping out and staying out, which is in our mind is where we were heading, but, you know, mm. just so surprised and so grateful for all the support that we were shown along the way. You know, it, it made me think about often you read that veterans will say, don't just thank me for your, my service become part of my homecoming. And these people really did it because you also gave them an opportunity. They seem so delighted with both of you yeah. and that you're sh- and that you're so respectful and eating their food. I think there's a mutual gain in that. They I think they benefited from meeting you and Anthony also. Yeah, and I, I think it works both ways. I think for uh, the military civilian that divide, it takes both parties. It takes veterans coming forward and saying, this is what I experienced. Um, this is how it impacted me. And it takes the, the civilian uh, population to be like, how can I now be of service to you? So how yes. can our community welcome you home? 
Yeah. Yes, very well said. How can I be of service to you? I love it. Now, one of the interesting um, stops along the road is with the uh, Native American family and Wolf Walker, who is mm-hmm. in the Indian garb. Um, how? I mean, it's interesting because um, Chick in his book, War in the Soul, he talks about the value of the um, Indian rituals, the Native American Indian rituals on helping the warrior come home. So I wondered, mm-hmm. actually, how was this helpful to you, your experience with Wolf Walker? Well, I think there's a lot of connection and just like, you know, energetic connection between veterans and military and the, the Native American cultures, their warrior culture as well. So I think there's kind of an unsaid, unspoken connection there. And Anthony and I got to experience that when we connected with Wolf Walker because he was uh, able to share a lot of his traditions and the wisdom that he was taught about coming home um, after, after war. So it was very valuable for us. And you can kind of see in the documentary where he talk, starts talking about in his tradition, no one outside of you is capable of healing you. It has to start from within you. And that was the first time I've ever kind of thought about that concept of, mm. okay, like taking responsibility for my own healing. And as again, I, as I stated, I think people can get caught in this trap of looking for outside sources to be responsible for their own healing. And it's, it's not possible without you taking those first steps and moving forward and saying, I'm doing this. I'm going to commit to my own healing. I deserve it. Uh, I deserve to be happy. My family deserves to be happy. Like, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to a place where that um, happens. Mm. Oh, it was, it was so powerful. The other thing he did that I, that is in the literature about healing is he asked each of you to share what you were carrying that you had not yeah. shared before. Uh, yeah. And you both were willing to share with him. Yeah, it, it, I think it's really it's really powerful. And I've, I've in part, uh, or in turn, have kind of used that as, I, as I've traveled around the country with the film and I, and I challenge veterans to share something with their loved ones that they've never shared. Because for me, from, from my perspective as a veteran, I was in the infantry, um, we always like to use the analogy of, of we, we are sheepdogs, right? There are, there are wolves out there and there are sheep and we are in between them and we are the protectors and that's how we see ourselves. So with that mentality, you don't want to share what right. traumas you've seen or what you've experienced because you feel like you're protecting the people that you love. But in reality is we need everyone, all, all of the people in our community, especially your family, to have understanding of what you've been through because then they can support you in your own healing. Um, mm. And that's um, a, a piece that I had to, you know, it took me a long time to figure that out. So I go about and I challenge veterans. I'm like, share one thing with a loved one that you never shared before. And it doesn't have to be tons of detail or whatever it is. But by doing that, you're instilling trust in that person and you're, you know, you're showing them that you're making effort towards um, wanting to be better and you want them included in that process. Right. And you're moving out of that isolated, self-punitive right. position. Oh, it's, it's right. terrific. When, when, we, when you read about moral injury, one of the other things that they say is it's not that you're saying that the regrettable action or following the orders that, you now, that now make you cringe didn't happen, but that this doesn't have to be your identity or your destiny. And what Wolf Walker does at one point is you're in this little kind of cavern of rocks on the mountain. He says, sort of, you Mm -hmm. could stay, you could stay here, or you could, and then it's such a beautiful metaphor, then he walks you out to the expanse, and he says, what did you think of that? I mean, it's, it's a great, a great analogy for, for healing, really. It's, it's, you know, you have to take a few steps, but you can get to a place you've never even thought was possible by doing that. So I think the other thing, too, to touch on on, on moral injury is, is you're kind of going down this way. Is, it's not to say that you're an immoral person either. And I think a lot of people get caught, you know, caught up in that, that, you know, okay, are you saying that I'm immoral for what I did, which is not the case at all. And it all has to do with how you reflect on your own moral values, because there are things that are held to a moral standard in the military that, that don't fly, 
you know, in the civilian world and that you are perfectly justified in, in doing and that's why we have rules of engagement and that's yes. why we follow them. Um, so it's really, you know, reflecting back on how am I going to be able to uh, redefine myself with, with these things that um, I've experienced and seen and how can I use that to become a better person? It's great because the per- but and you're implying the person has to have reached a place where they're emotionally able to sort of contextualize this deed or whatever happened that they feel was not more was immoral, and then recognize mm-hmm. where it happened and that that isn't a definition mm-hmm. of self. It's so I'm right. sure it is so great when veterans hear you speaking and any veterans out listening today, I'm hoping they're they're taking you know the, this very important message that you're sending. They're not immoral, but they've suffered and they've also stepped up to do what you do in war, and the code of yeah. conduct of war. Hmm? Yeah. Now, and I, and I think it all it all kind of just it all really depends too and on the education of the civilian population as well. I just wanted to mm-hmm. kind of uh, add that in because once they have a better understanding of what veterans are asked to do on their behalf or combat soldiers are, are uh, asked to do on their behalf, they have a, a better understanding of um, what, what all goes into it. Absolutely. I love how you say it because if you're asked to do mm-hmm. what seems like the unthinkable or the unspeakable, we have mm-hmm. to recognize you come home with that moral knot that you somehow mm-hmm. don't know what to do with. I, th- I think at one point in one of the interviews, someone said to Anthony, what's the difference between PTSD and moral injury? And I think he says, moral injury keeps me from falling asleep. PTSD wakes me up in the middle of the night. And it makes yeah. sense. Because PTSD has to do with that hyperarousal and hypervigilance that kept you alive in combat. And moral injury right. is the rumination, I'm not okay, why did I do that? As you've been saying, and to suffer with both is very difficult. Yeah, and, and that they have a lot of the same symptoms and overlap, overlapping symptoms. And uh, I think they, run, they can run parallel and they one can be more prominent than the other and that can switch based on what you're experiencing in, in real time in your real life. So um, I think just by being aware that moral injury exists and that it's um, something that runs parallel to post-traumatic stress, it gives you a better understanding and it gives hopefully other people understanding of other people's suffering or how to make sense of other people who are, who are going through these difficult times. Mm-hmm. Just even just putting words to it the way you're doing and the differences mm-hmm. and, and the overlap helps people move out of just, you know, speechless pain and fear and terror and self-loathing. Now, quite a bit of the, the literature, especially um, Brett Litz's material on adaptive disclosure, speaks about something that will help moral injury, which is imagining someone you trust in authority or a spiritual caregiver being compassionate and sympathetic and inviting you to forgive yourself and and to forgive you. Now, you crossed paths Mm -hmm. on this journey with Father Keating, and I wondered, what was that experience like for you? Um, Well, I mean, from the documentary standpoint, it was was pretty intense. I mean, um, I was raised as a Catholic, so I had all these um, beliefs and structures in place um, that played into my own my own suffering. So um, forgiveness is a huge, huge thing and was a huge thing and is a huge thing for me. And uh, Father Thomas was the first one to, to really bring this up and really talk about it in a way that I never really thought. And in the documentary, he says, you know, it, it really comes down to, is this man or is this woman able to forgive themselves from what they've seen and what they've done? And in part, he's like, the implication is, are they able to forgive God for letting this happen to them? Mm. So it's um, a huge, a huge thing in, in letting go and being able to accept it. And I think there's a lot of strength in it. And uh, unfortunately, it's not, forgiveness is not seen as a strength for a lot of people. But I think I like to challenge that and say that it is because you're, you're having to take a, a, a higher road 
to be able to forgive and forget and let go and um, doing that for yourself, I think, is is of the highest good. Mm. You know, people get confused. It's not condoning, but it's being self-compassionate about the place you've been in and how you're suffering with this. Right. Right. Because I've had so much success with with meditation, there's a there's a really there's a really nice saying that it's it's, you know, holding on to things from the past and anger and being angry at other people or or having, you know, this hatefulness or um, and holding on to that is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. So it's like mm. so harmful for us to be able to hold on to these, these negative emotions that are just eating us alive and forgiveness is a way out of that. Mm. Now, one of the things, we only have a few minutes before the break, but um, mm-hmm. it, it's the case that when you finally arrived at California, in California, everyone was there for all of you, and all along the way, people joined you, and and veterans uh, walked with you at certain junctures right to the very end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was again that sense of community, and people do heal in community. They seemed so proud to be joining up with you guys. Um, I think the one friend said, "I go for the last seven miles. You've done two thousand seven hundred, but it, <laughs> you know you could see how proud he was." But I, I wanted our, our listeners to know, after this trek, you go on to do um, the breathing workshop and become part of the Project Welcome Home Troops program. And that's what we're going to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about, because that's directing uh, directed at moral injury, too. We're going to take a break. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Tom Bowles. He's one of the veterans featured in the award-winning documentary, Almost Sunrise, which deals with healing the moral injuries of war. And that's what we've been speaking about. We have more to come. We'll be taking a short break, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. 
Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Tom Bose. He's taken us through his veteran trek um, of 2,700 miles, and we've been talking about healing the moral injuries of war. So, Tom, after you completed this amazing trek, you went on to continue healing and joined Project Welcome Home Troops that were, they were offering breathing workshops. Maybe you can tell us what part did that play in your healing process? Sure. And, and how that kind of came about is, is on the last day of the trek, uh, I was uh, approached by a teacher from Project Welcome Home Troops, and they, and they let me know about a uh, breath-based meditation workshop free of charge for veterans that they offered. And, um, you know, towards the, the end of the track, I knew that I needed to continue down this healing path and that I, I really just kind of started the, the process. And I think that the track was enough time for me to do enough self-reflection that I understood how much healing I needed to do and what I needed to, how much effort I needed to put into that to make it happen. So... Um, I really think kind of the, the universe really conspired to help me in, in the fact that, you know, I, I met this teacher and they offered me a spot on this workshop, which um, you can um, check out Project Welcome Home Troops online and they offer these free workshops across the country for veterans, uh, free of charge for veterans and their families. Okay. Now you sat with um, veterans and let, let, let me just ask you directly, what difference does it make to have as a strategy breathing and meditation? Well, I think just from a, from a tangible, you know, solution that it gives you separation from the, the emotions that you're feeling. And what I mean when I say that is your reaction time doesn't go straight into a flight or fight or flight mode. Um, you have a few, you have a buffer the way that I can describe it. To these things, so you really become more of a witness to what you're, what you're feeling and the emotions that are going on within you, versus getting swept up in, in them, and you know, um, being swept away in anger or any of these these emotions that don't really help in the healing in the healing process. Mm. When I saw that you were doing this and that you have gone on to continue to. Um, do meditation and become um, someone who really um, trains other people, I thought, well, this was really emotionally such a valuable thing because I think in life we all need an ongoing practice to down-regulate stress. And when you think you've been through combat or any traumatic event, it's not it's not linear in that, okay, the track is over, we're done, because you know things in life recharge it, re-trigger it, and all those tugs in life, you need to be armed with a strategy, and that's what it seems like you were able to do. Yeah, and, and it, I was really fortunate, too, that that kind of lined up that way, and, and I really, just to kind of go off of what you were saying, I think it's so important to have um, some sort of discipline in your life um, to... Uh, work towards and and to have that and that's what meditation and the practice of yoga has has done for me it's reinstilled that discipline that I kind of threw out after my military experience because of the experience that I had in war so I basically took everything military and I'm like I'm done with this I don't need to do it anymore no one's forcing me to do anything like exercise or any of these other beneficial things that that help us uh, regulate our emotions and regulate our own, our own mental health. It's when people are feeling terrible about themselves and they feel they have no sense of agency, I'm with you. Just taking mm-hmm. the walk, just doing the yoga, just saying I'm going to meditate mm-hmm. and breathe means they've done mm-hmm. something good. It always makes people feel better physiologically right. and psychologically. So it's wonderful yeah. that you've continued this. If you were to sum up some of the modalities or ways that you would pass on to veterans and civilians listening that helped you and have continued, because this is an ongoing journey, face mm-hmm. moral injury, what would you say are the key ones, Tom? Well, I think starting off 
uh, for me. So I've been through all sorts of different types of modalities, whether it's, you know, your tradition, traditional therapies, uh, EMDR, um, talk therapies. Um, but some of the most valuable ones that I found is one is peer support in finding people who have shared experiences. It doesn't have to be the exact same experience as you, but something that's similar that you can connect with and build trust with that person, and then that's someone you can kind of bounce ideas off of and process. And that's something Anthony and I were able to do on the trek, is take these events, these traumatic events in our lives, and share them with each other. And, you know, we might not have had all the answers for, for each other, but just by having someone to talk to and talk these things out with that has that shared experience, it's extremely valuable. And then mm. on top of that, physical activity, you know, even the walking, even if you're going out on, you know, 15, 20 minute walks every night, that helps your body. It helps your mind. It helps process. Um, you can use that time to, to really, um, address and think about what's going on, um, in your world. And then on top of that, the meditation, breath-based meditation, uh, yoga, the physical practice of yoga is a great way to relieve stress and relieve trauma, and really process as well. So those, those are some main things that have really helped me uh, ex- um, move through a lot of the, my difficult traumatic events in my life. Mm, they sound wonderful. And you've continued, do I have this right? You're, you are, not only do you have the suicide prevention and mental health campaign for veterans, um, you are taking on an ultra marathon. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so with everything that I do, I mean, I, I feel, I don't know if this is the smartest thing, but I uh, okay. try to challenge myself to um, do something that's outside of my comfort zone, and I think okay. that's part of the healing, healing process as well, is really challenging yourself um, to do things you don't think you've been be able to do, because like, I've, you know, I'm not a, a huge runner, and this is something that, you know, I've always thought would be fun, fun to participate in and, and ch- try to accomplish, and so I'm just deciding to do it. So well, <laughs> well it's always the process. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hardly the yeah. end. It's the pro- it's the process. So now, if if people want to connect with you uh, and they yeah. want to see more of your material, how would they do that? Um, you can uh, you can just search uh, the meditating vet, and uh, a lot of stuff should come up about about my social media and stuff like that. So you can find me on. Facebook and Instagram, uh, where I post a lot of the stuff that I'm, I'm doing and, and working through, and um, I'm, I'm starting to post a lot of uh, videos on YouTube as well. Um, either, you know, you can search Tom Voss or um, the website is themeditatingvet.com. Oh, it sounds really good. Now, one of the questions that we spoke a little bit about is, the name of the documentary is Almost Sunrise. Now, mm-hmm. what does that mean? in terms of your journey? Yeah, I mean, I really think it's, it's um, you know, the beginning process of healing. So it's, you know, we're not there yet, but at the same time, you know, there's hope. There's hope for, for you to get into a place where you're comfortable, where you're happy. Um, you know, not everything is going to be solved immediately. You know, this takes, again, discipline. It takes, you know, practice. It takes hard work, but there is hope for the future. I really believe that. It, it, I think that hope is essential because it means there are options for the future. And when you think about healing, you think about connection with yourself, connection with others, and connection with the future. When you're suffering, mm-hmm. you don't even think you deserve a future. And so right. I'm, loving, I'm loving that you see hope as central to the healing um, journey that you continue to take. Um, yeah. if, there, if there was any take-home message that you'd like to share to veterans and their families, as this is Veterans mm-hmm. Week from Veterans Day was on Monday, on Sunday. Yeah, I, I mean, I think from from a veteran standpoint, um, just to know that there are other veterans out there who are going through the exact same thing that you are. And that connecting with veterans groups or other veterans is a good way to start the process of, of bettering yourself and, and reconnecting. And, and that's a really a nice accountability system that's kind of built in with the camaraderie that veterans have, regardless of service or branch or anything like that. Um, it's really important to 
reach out and connect to community to help support yourself. And then from a, a civilian standpoint, it's really important to ask veterans about their experiences so you can have a better understanding of what they've gone through uh, and what they're going through. Uh, and there's a, a lot of veterans that will be happy to share um, their experiences with you, but you have to you have to ask them from a place of um, you know just be genuine about it. Yeah, I think you 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 would know best <clears throat> that you have to accept whatever they share. You you can have mm-hmm. a goal. The goal is connecting, no matter what and how you share. Yeah. And now, it's really coming from a place of non-judgment too about it, and and just wanting to learn, and that's that's where we start. I think the whole issue of moral injury, when you think of it, Tom, has to do with really very, very harsh self-judgment. And and mm-hmm. so the last thing that our veterans need is external judgment. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's the antithesis of healing. But to recognize yeah. that what you faced and for us to recognize that what you guys faced is something you didn't choose. It's something that you did, and you did it for all of us, and now you have to heal, and you have a right to right. heal. So um, yeah, it, it's totally. really, yeah. really important. Um, I want to thank you, Tom, and I also want to thank Anthony. He has a mission going on now for veterans also. Um, he does. He's, do, he's still doing uh, talks and lectures and stuff like that as well around uh, the Almost Sunrise film. And um, he's there to support veterans and their families as much as he can. Okay. All right. I want people to be sure to be in touch with you. I want to thank you in particular for joining us and sharing your thoughts and feelings on this amazing documentary, but really your personal journey, Tom, to heal moral injury. It's just been a pleasure and it's been very important. Thank you so much Uh, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. You're more than welcome. I want to thank my listeners. Remember, you can hear this and any prior show as a podcast on my host site, my website, on the podcast app of your iPhone, on the podcast app of iTunes. Remember, this will be a podcast by 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Um, Please drop me a comment or question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. I want to once again give a shout out to all our veterans and their families. Thank you so much. And until next week, please take care. Thanks and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week.